0: Life is hard. Life with chronic, critical, and complex health concerns is even harder. We all know someone who is struggling with health issues or disability. It might even be you. And in the pain and suffering, we wonder if it's possible to move from surviving to thriving. We struggle to hope, struggle to persevere, struggle to trust that God knows what He's doing. But in the struggle, there is real hope, and it's possible to be rooted and ready to weather the storm. Welcome to the Blue STEM Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the Blue STEM Project Podcast, where husband and wife team Brandon and Amy Smith, the Blue STEM Project, exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability. We do this by helping root you in Christ and by giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles. In this episode, we're going to do things a little bit differently. <laughs> I get to interview my wife, and we're going to talk about what it means to experience joy uh, in suffering. It sounds initially just like an oxymoron, joy <laughs> yep. in suffering. And I'm excited to interview my cute wife because she does do a great job, as well as anyone mm. I've ever met, hmm. uh, staying joyful and walking with joy regularly in life. And we, we kind of well, joke thanks. <laughs> in our relationship. I'm a little bit more of the, the melancholy up, <laughs> up and down when you're the... A little bit more steady, steady Eddie. Eddie, when it comes, especially when it comes to joyfulness. But you originally, when we started going through our stuff, uh, our trials with Beckett, had a blog that you called "Joyful Along the Way." Mm-hmm. Uh, how did when did your kind of "Joyful Along the Way" journey begin? How did you start yeah. to think about that specifically?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's funny because actually the that the blog, but also kind of the I actually use it as a hashtag on almost anything I post on Instagram is joyful along the way. But my journey with joy and joyfulness was literally from the beginning of my life, I feel like, because I, my middle name is Joy. But my sister and my mom do not have that middle name. So honestly, I resented my middle name (laughs) for many years growing up. And I just didn't like it because I felt like I was left out. And that disappointed me. And I didn't like it. But because my name was joy and because i had these strong feelings about it even it actually was something that i was very in tune to anytime i heard about it in church growing up and joy is pretty well saturated uh in parts of scripture and so i would hear about it a lot and i really started to think through the depth of joy and over time i really think it was the spirit's work in me because i did come to know the lord at a young age just how powerful joy is. And it actually piqued my interest and it turned a point in life where I realized I love joy and I love that my middle name is joy. So my journey, I feel like, has been my whole life in the making of my awareness of joy. And even come getting to college, I remember um, people that I was getting to know that became friends but didn't really know me and certainly didn't know my middle name would reference, hey, you just seem really joyful, or there's something about you. And they would use the word joy and joyfulness more than even saying, I was so happy. And it kind of just continued to spark this interest in me about this biblical idea of joy and realizing, um, yeah, no matter what the roller coaster of life might be, joy can be sustained, but maybe not other things.
0: So one lesson I'm taking away from this is, if you want your kid to elicit a certain character, character. trait, you need to put it in their name, <laughs> right? <laughs> try, try and help. This them along.
1: will be true of you, no? But yeah, like,
0: and I've heard you talk about this a lot, and you've helped me understand it better uh, over the course of our relationship. But the difference between joy and happiness—would mm-hmm. you help our, our listeners understand? the difference?
1: I feel very passionately about the difference between joy and happiness. In part because as a culture or society, certainly in our country, we use the word happy and joy interchangeably. If you even look them up in the dictionary, they will be synonyms for each other and their definitions are basically identical. Hmm. So in some regards, they most would say it is the same thing. You can use them the same way. So even for clarification, as we talk through joy and suffering throughout this episode, my clarification is that I'm going to say happy versus biblical joy so that we know that there is a a stark contrast. And simply put, you know, happy or happiness is completely circumstantial. It's very experiential. Um, It's an emotion that is exerted when things are going well. I think I always think back of the level of happiness as a child when it was like birthday party time and it was my birthday party. I mean, that is a happy time. It is so fun. There's anticipation. You know, you're being showered with gifts and attention and it's it, this feeling of happiness can overwhelm us, but it's fleeting because come the next day, it's not a party day and it's not this happy big feeling. And in contrast, joy is not circumstantial. It's something that is deeper and can be sustained even when circumstances are changing. Even more specifically, biblically looking at it, if you look at Galatians 5, it is actually a fruit of the Spirit. And in other parts of Scripture, it's given as a command. So it's not this fluffy feeling that happiness is. It's something bigger and deeper that sustains that's not circumstantial and not dependent on our circumstances. You know, happiness, if we want to talk about a roller coaster of life, because that's what I feel like life is, there's twists and turns and unknowns. And on a roller coaster, that happiness will ride the ups and downs with whatever the circumstance is. It will come and go and generally can't coexist with things like grief or sadness, However, sure, sure. oil and water. Right, exactly. <laughs> However, on that roller coaster of life, when you're going up and down in circumstances, joy can still be sustained no matter what the unknowns are, the twists and turns. However, it is important to mention though that with joy, you can still experience emotions like grief and sadness, and it doesn't it it will feel like they're in opposition, but they can actually coexist. If it's a true biblical joy that you're kind of grounded and rooted in,
0: how can we turn circumstantial happiness into a, a rooted joy? Mm. Or what are ways that we can better like nurture joy in our lives?
1: Yeah, I have found that, and I've said this a lot in our journey, specifically with Beckett, is I don't know how anyone would walk this hard journey if they didn't know the Lord. Because the Lord is what's been sustaining me, and I'm very aware of that. And I Mm -hmm. realize that joy is definitely rooted in knowing, trusting, and delighting in God. And those things are true and can be true even beyond our circumstances. To know God and to know his character is also to believe in his sovereignty, his faithfulness, and his goodness. Like, it's one thing to know God attributes of God and then it's another thing to know it and believe it to the core of your being and to delight in him is to place our hope trust and confidence in in the bigger picture that God is orchestrating it kind of goes back to a previous episode of ours where we talked about meaning and purpose like if I believe in my whole heart and my being that God has a bigger plan and a greater purpose and if I believe Romans eight twenty eight where it says you know God is working for the good of those who love him then I can experience hope, trust, and confidence in him no matter my circumstance. And that contentedness is kind of what brings that kind of comfort and assurance that allows me to be joyful even when things aren't happy. Because I also promise you, especially I think of Beckett's life in the NICU, there were so many days that I was not happy. I I wasn't at all happy about Beckett being in the hospital for five months. And I definitely wasn't happy when I would get calls hearing about Um, Beckett in the middle of the night since we couldn't stay there overnight having seizures or being bedside and seeing him drop his sats and turning purple to blue in front of my very eyes like I'm not happy but there is this calm quiet contentedness that resides still despite the circumstance that's going on because I trust God and I believe he's good and I hope I've hope in him and I can rest in that assurance and it's the
0: well, it sounds like like as i'm hearing you talk about this like you're explaining joy as having an origin outside of yourself meaning you know something about this omnipotent all-loving mm-hmm. magnificent being god you also have a relationship with him mm-hmm. and he sustains feeds our our souls and so so the reference point is outside of us to him whereas yeah. a lot of times for happiness it's it's in created things, whether it's exactly. even our self, our emotions, circumstance, um, yeah, how mm-hmm. our children are doing, yeah, romantic relationships, your job, whatever whatever,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that for sure, that's totally it, and things that can change, mhm, right, and that's just it. It's like you know, blue sim project as a a whole and and our heart behind it is that. We know that the root system of how we are as people will determine how we can sustain the storms of life that will come. And that's so true then of experiencing that root system in Christ allows us to bear the fruit of joy. And that when when I mentioned that earlier about the differences between joy and happiness, you know, when Galatians five talks about and lists off these nine kind of character attributes, but truths of of fruit being born in you or bore in you, grown. It's a work of the spirit. It's nothing that we can just muster up and create, but it's from a solid root system that then produces a fruit. And one of those fruit is joy. And so it really is that anchor system or that root system in Christ that's positional that will be able to produce the joy that that is steady. And I think it's a beautiful thing too in Philippians 4 where it talks about how this joy then produces this peace that surpasses understanding. It's the calm in the storm that can keep us really steady. And I think for me, in referencing back to your question, being able to praise and have an attitude of thankfulness is some of the greatest ways that I've been able to truly delight in the Lord and I think experience that joy that is greater than a happiness in the circumstances. And yeah, I think... Like we've been mentioning too, just that root system, that solid foundation, because when the storms do come, if we take the plant analogy a little further, the storms will come. It could cause some damage to the plant, but as long as the root system is there, it will be sustained.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. What would you you say are some of the maybe most common challenges or obstacles you see people are obstacles to experiencing joy, especially in suffering as it pertains to medical issues, mm. disability, yeah, you know, things of that nature? But
1: this is such a good question because, and what comes to mind oftentimes is the idea of the enemy or Satan being a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I sometimes think, what better way to rob um, someone than to steal their joy and that content- contentedness? in the midst of everything and so the few things that come to my mind right away when you ask the question about what are ways that we see that are obstacles one i think is knowing god or having a lack of knowledge of him that can impact our ability to experience that joy and that production of fruit in us but then also a lack of believing it you know so often we can we can know something intellectually but do we actually believe it to be true And if that's lacking, then that's definitely going to impact your ability to produce the joy. Because like I said, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not something I can just create. So I need to have what we've kind of talked about in previous episodes too, the saving relationship with Christ to therefore have the, the Spirit inside of me to therefore produce the fruit. So it's pretty hinged on that. Another obstacle though is... Just like anything in life, you can have pitfalls to things, and you can fall into a ditch, so to speak. And with walking a journey of suffering and medical hardship especially, the ditches that I have seen, and there's one that I default to more than often than I care to admit, is either the victim mentality or the savior mentality. And that can easily strip you of experiencing joy. Explain that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I will. I will. You can fall off to the side of and, you know, when suffering hits and it's hard, you can play the victim of like, woe is me. It's going to lead to a lot of self-pity. You know, I can't, I, I'm just overcome by all the circumstances and I can't handle life and because it is hard. And so, but you can fall too far into that victim mindset or you can fall to the other side, which I would call as the savior mindset. And that's kind of where I can default is what can I do to make this circumstance better? Or what can I do, whether it's keeping a routine or following up with this person or doing this, to carry the weight, whether that means to fix the problem or at least make it seem like it's sustainable. But as the savior mentality, then you're bearing the burden unnecessarily. You're not realizing that my life isn't my own. I'm just a piece of the puzzle. You're actually owning the responsibility. Taking it too far is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. But that uh, there's no room, there's no real room for joy. And I can tell in my life when I've been, there are times I know when Beckett's landed himself back in the hospital. Oftentimes, what happens, and maybe you can vouch for this, is I come home and I want a tidy, clean home. Yeah. I like things orderly. And it's, it's a want way to be able that to control I control something. <laughs> I want to be able to control something and create some sense of order. And so it just uh, can be my unhealthy habit. Um, for sure. But a couple other things, though, I would say that I've seen is like any sense of comparison. I once saw, I think it was John Piper that said comparison makes it hard to be content and and really kind of, in essence, competes with contentedness. And I can't think of something more true than that. And especially as a female, I think the, the game of comparison on all fronts is really Hard to fight against, but this is something. This comparison can be such a, jo- a joy stealer um, that we have to actively fight against.
0: Yeah, like like when it when comparison becomes coveting. Yes, and it can. So there's, so there's healthy comparison, mm-hmm. but you're referring to more kind of the like. It can pride, bitterness. Pride is by nature
1: mm-hmm.
0: competitive. Not all yeah. com- competition is pride, but pride by nature is competitive. Right. And so comparison that is coveting what someone else has or what's not yours to have right? becomes a joy killer because it focuses on what, what you don't have and right. what you wish you did.
1: Right. And that's just it. I've, I have come to see, and by God's grace, I know that he has protected me greatly in this, but yet I can see how there have been many times in life where I have had to be an active participant in fighting against it, meaning confessing it to the Lord and surrendering it and asking him to fill my mind, especially with things that aren't going to entertain those coveting responses out of comparison. I mean, it, the couple examples that come to mind very clearly to me are when I look at just in general, other people's, other families' lives, I can quickly compare what we can't do as a family
0: sure, and be yeah.
1: jealous and not even what's challenging with that comparison and, and how it can rob me of joy, but then it can also rob me of being able to be joyful for them. Do you see like it because the Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and yeah, so a family let's say some family friends get to go on this like airplane family vacation across the ocean or they get to go to the beach and enjoy spring break, someplace tropical, which would be a dream. It's not happening for us. And do I choose to celebrate that they can and not let it be this like, woe is me, I wish I had that and I really want that. You know, it's how do I respond to that contrast in our reality versus theirs? But the other one I've noticed can easily, it's been their active thoughts in my mind and how I how I handle them is is significant, is a literal comparison of Beckett has two cousins born the same year he was born. We have very, it's like a mirror of what his capabilities in essence could be if he were an otherwise healthy, at this time, five-year-old what he could be doing he'd be looking forward to kindergarten he'd be walking running talking playing all these things and meanwhile we have a much different life with him and you know being careful of celebrating that that is true for these cousins and their families that they get to enjoy and delight in that and also still getting to enjoy and delight in where we are at with Beckett as a 5-year-old it's different and it might be hard because part of sometimes the comparison can come in from comparing what our reality is to a dream that i may have had or an anticipation mm-hmm. and a hope. So it, it it's a that one's a loaded and can easily rob us of joy both for where the lord has us currently but then also joy for other families and other people and friends and things like that just because it simply is it's different and that's kind of how it's going to be. And i'll just briefly touch on two The other one that can quickly creep in and affect our joy is anxiety. I think Philippians 4 does a great job because it's in stark contrast to it about commanding us to rejoice, and then it says again, rejoice, and it contrasts that shortly thereafter about how we are to cast our cares on him and not be anxious about anything because anxiety can quickly steal that ability to be joyful in a lot of circumstances.
0: So, so far, yeah, you, you've given us uh, a good working definition between happiness and biblical joy. Uh, and then you just walked us through a few of the challenges to experiencing joy mm-hmm. uh, in suffering. So could could you maybe give our listeners maybe a couple of real practical takeaways as they, you know, walk their journey and takeaways that could help them be better equipped to experience joy in suffering?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And hopefully it helps. This is kind of what has been true for me. So hopefully it can be true for others as well. I think two questions come to mind that I think are important for us to ask ourselves if we can, whether we can't tell if we're wrestling with this idea of joy and fighting for joy, or if we can clearly see that, oh, I don't really have this joy that she's talking about. But asking two questions. um, What am I believing about God in my suffering? And what am I believing about myself in my suffering? When I going back to the, what do, what do I believe about God? It's important to mention for anyone of you listening that maybe you've kind of heard me mention this idea of having a relationship with the Lord. It is, it is significant, you know, and simply put, ask the Lord to become your sustaining root system of security and strength. And that is essential to be able to experience the joy that we're talking about. And then as someone who may be has that relationship with the Lord? I would say praying and praising God to be able to know God and believe God for who He is in our suffering is so important. We have to pray for the work of the Spirit to bear the fruit of joy and and hopes that you know we will be able to see that and bear that fruit above our circumstances and especially in suffering nehemiah eight ten says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. I actually get a little bit of a giggle out of people that say families and parents with children of special needs have some like supernatural strength from them. And I laugh because I'm like, my strength is from the Lord. I promise you I'm not doing this on my own. Um, that's the only strength you might see. But yeah, that that fruit of joy brings strength. Um, and spirit-filled strength will help us through the storms that will come. I've noticed for myself, like I mentioned earlier, praising God for his character helps move my eyes back from me to him and what's true of him, and that helps me walk in that hope and peace that surpasses all understanding, which is the joy that we're talking about. So just having an attitude of thankfulness, even thankfulness for my suffering, and that's key. Can I actually praise God for my suffering? And without getting too detailed, there was a situation and circumstance in our life when we were out of the country in a different, very different culture, and circumstances that came were even like kind of false accusations, um, where I was feeling kind of under attack, and I distinctly remember going to my room with my Bible open and just crying and crying out to the Lord, saying, "This is, this is hard, and I hate being like I hate suffering in this situation, but." In hindsight, and even in those moments, as I was crying out to Jesus over my hurt and my pain over wrong wrong names and accusations being made, it was this beautiful sense of, but Jesus, you understand this. You've been accused of things wrongly to the highest degree. And, and now I'm getting a glimpse of that reality and a taste of, of knowing you a little bit deeper. And I promise you that circumstance was very, very challenging and very hard for me. But I now would say I never would want that erased because of the the depth of my relationship growing with the Lord because of it. It was significant. You know, those roots were kind of taking a little bit of a deeper growth, so to speak, and I wouldn't change it. So then yeah, asking yourself, what am I believing about myself in my suffering? I think humbling coming before the Lord and asking him to reveal areas in ourselves is the best way for him to show us what might be a weed that's robbing my life of the nutrients that it needs for the spirit to bear the fruit of joy in me. And then confessing those weeds. Let's say those weeds are the anxiety or comparison or a victim-savior mindset and repent. So in essence, the the obstacles or the barriers to producing the fruit of joy are the weeds that are going to creep up all around this plant that we're trying to see grow. And we have to ask the Lord for, for eyes to see those weeds, and then we have to weed them. We have to remove it um, so that the fruit that we want to bear, the joy, has more full nourishment and can produce even more fruit.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, cute wife, for sharing your heart with us and pointing us to—I like, th- I like that. We need to think about, what am I believing about God and my suffering? Mm-hmm. And that's first and foremost. And mm-hmm. th- thinking about, okay, well, what am I believing about myself— Mm-hmm. and looking in those two arenas for sin that can be repented of, and as you phrased it, weeded out. Mm-hmm. I think that was great.
1: I so, like analogies. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: awesome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Blue Stem Project. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, and again, we want to remind you that the Blue Stem Project exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability. We do this by helping root you in Christ and by giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles.
1: And As always, it would be an honor to take this journey with you. Please do hit the subscribe button and tell a friend or family member experiencing health issues and medical disability about the Blue Stem Project.